Mark Mitchell is with us along with, uh, with oh, geez, I bucket up the phones here as well. Hold on, you two. I'll be back here in a second. Hold on. Just do that. I'll do that. What's happened to me today? It's you awful. are a good radio host. I, I, was, I was good up until eight. <laughs> I was good up until eight, and it's, now it's, it's all turned to crap. Now, Megan Woods and Mark Mitchell are both with us. Morning to you both. Morning, Mike. Morning, morning Mike. Morning, Mark. Now, you're away for the next couple of weeks, Megan. I am. Where are you going? So I'm off to a clean energy ministerial meeting in Pittsburgh in the United States. Pittsburgh? Which will be really... Clean energy in Pittsburgh? Absolutely. It's one of the kind of industrial centres that's transforming itself. So, um, yeah, no, it's it's going to be quite a, well, it is an important meeting. I mean, obviously, energy around the world, um, not so much for us here in New Zealand, but in terms of shortages in Europe, um, it's a pretty critical time. And then off to a hydrogen um, ministerial meeting in Tokyo. You're taking an e-scooter there or a plane? I'm taking a plane, Mike. <laughs> I can't help but ask. I just find it interesting at this present point in the in the world situation. You'll be aware, Megan, as well as anybody, uh, they're keeping a couple of nuclear power plants on in Germany. They're buying more coal than they had. This whole business of fossil fuels being out simply isn't true, is it? Well, what's happened is that 40% of Europe's gas came from Russia and that's being turned off. So there, there is an energy crisis in Europe. When I was in Europe earlier in the year, that um, there were discuss- real discussions happening around whether the choice for the coming winter about um, you know, maintaining manufacturing at its levels or what was going to be done with domestic heating. So these are the kinds of choices we can't even imagine here. So the, the shortest term things that can be done is to ramp up uh, what's already there. There's a huge build of things like offshore wind happening, but that will take, take a couple of years to come on board. All right. Mark, what would you do with the Food Price Inflation Index, which came out yesterday? Once again, it's horrific. And my problem, it seems to be that we're paying people more wages uh, to counteract the cost of living crisis. Those wages feed into inflation and round and round and round it goes. What do we do? Look, I think basically the cost of living crisis now has become entrenched. And I think that... Um, after months of blaming events overseas, the government needs to finally accept the reality and acknowledge that inflation inflation is a local problem as well. It's definitely made worse by their record spending, so that would have to get under control and have to get um, very focused. And of course, failed immigration settings, and we would change the immigration settings to make sure that we'd actually that the broken labour market at the moment is fixed, and that businesses are actually able to get up and operate properly. Do you reckon people, if you did that, do you reckon people would come? Yeah, I do. I think that we have to make ourselves um, attractive to the world again, and whether we like it or not, uh, we, you know, we have taken a bit of a hit in terms of our international standing. And so we have to do everything that we can now to, to show people that we are an amazing destination and country to come and visit, that we are, that Kiwis are renowned for our hospitality and we want to welcome them mm. and get them back on our shores. Do you accept, Megan, that there is a very strong now obvious inflation, local inflationary aspect to what's going on in this country and that falls on your doorstep with the spending and the money and the printing, etc.? Oh, look, nobody is denying that we, we've got a we've we've got a cost of a cost of living crisis here in New Zealand. That is something that our government has acknowledged head on. It's why we've put support in for people um, to see them through yeah, but it. That's inflationary. And to, um, well, well, actually, I don't, I don't think the cost of living payment is particularly inflationary, and certainly all the advice. Well, Treasury said it is. It was, 
No, they said because it was targeted and because it was short term that it wouldn't have the same inflationary pressures. I mean, the fact of the matter is you do have to take pressure off people as we go through here. Um, Yes, there is a a domestic element to this, but you cannot ignore the fact that inflation and food prices actually around the world are spiking. So we're not alone in that. No, we're not not alone in that. What do you do do about it? Because it seems it's out of control. And I note that Adrian Orr's come back from Jackson Hole. He's even more, you know, upset about what's going on in the world at the moment. And, And and his plan doesn't seem to be working because we keep we've got a, we've got wage rises at eight plus percent, and we simply can't afford that because they're going to bite us in the bum. So, uh, so uh, when we're talking about food prices more particularly, uh, where you started from, that actually does take um, someone to to look at this beyond the kind of um, headlines um, in terms of what you do. The work that we're doing on supermarkets will make a difference. Um, the market study has shown that it's a million dollars a day in profits that the supermarkets are making. Doing things like breaking the covenants so that supermarkets can't land back to stop competitors going in. No, so we get more that's got nothing to do with that. food. That's got, no, that's got nothing to do with food. Supermarkets got, have got nothing to do with food. That's got to do with margins <laughs> and stuff like that. The reason the tomato's $2.50 is because they can't get labour, and the labour they can get, they're paying above the odds, and that all goes into the price of the fruit. Mike, I know that sometimes if I go to my supermarket and I look at the price of um, particular produce, then I go down the road to my greengrocer, there is quite a difference. Okay. Sometimes um, it's by as much as $3 on a cauliflower. There's enormous amounts of, um, in the horticultural sector, Megan, there's enormous amounts of um, fruit that's been left on the ground to rot um, that they just could not harvest because they have a um, labour force shortage. And, you know, those are, those are things that can help and have a genuine impact on the price of our food and the cost of production of that. But no one denies that, Mark, and that's exactly why we've done the work around RECs. But it's that not enough. With that's the point. You keep saying the same sector. thing, Megan. You say, but we've expanded RSC. Not enough. Need but more. We've also opened, but enough. we also have working holiday visas open again. The borders are opening. The world is readjusting to this. This is not unique to New Zealand. And I think that's something that we always have to bear in mind. Now, Mark, you're as much a part of this as the government is because you two got together on this housing intensification thing. Uh, three houses, three storeys, etc. Everyone's pushing back from the council point of view. Christchurch is the latest. What do you do? Well, inside the legislation, there is the ability for councils to be able to exclude areas um, in the city. The whole, the reason why we've supported that is because we have a housing shortage in New Zealand and we didn't want to get in the way of councils being able to intensify in areas that made sense. Um, but there is, inside the legislation, the ability for the council to be able to exclude areas. Right. Um, and they should, they, should, they should get on and so, do that. So what they've done so far does not bother you per se? Are you talking about Christchurch? Christchurch, Auckland's pushed back on the heritage. Everyone from the council, but with the exception of Hamilton, I think, everyone's pushing back. They don't like it. No, absolutely. And look, I'm waiting to see, I'm waiting for them to come back and see what the actual plan is, what they're proposing in terms of uh, Auckland as well. Okay, what do you do, Megan? Do you put somebody in? Do you get angry or grumpy with them, or do they have a point? Well, uh, first point is not not everybody is pushing back on this. Um, you've said Hamilton isn't, but actually we're having councils that aren't explicitly included in the legislation who have got real housing crises like Rotorua asking to be included in it. Does Rotorua so have a housing know- problem? Rotorua has, has 9,000 people moved to its area, Mike, and 1,500 consents granted from 2013. There are not enough houses in Rotorua. But Auckland, they Auckland know don't if like it. They're going to address this. Okay, Auckland but, don't but, like it. Christchurch don't like it. 
So in terms of Christchurch, in terms of you say, what are you going to do? Well, first of all, it would be good to actually see what analysis Christchurch City is working off. That hasn't been shared um, with officials from housing or environment at this stage. So want to look at what their modelling shows. What we do know is that um, we have to, if we're going to address issues such as affordability, that medium density is the way to do it. That Christchurch had the second highest rent rises in the country. Yeah. Um, um, if, you, if we want to see cities that are affordable for people to live in... But this is the problem, though, Megan, isn't it? Because you're saying one thing, and it makes sense, I agree with you, but they're saying something different. So who runs the place? Does it, they, do they run their city or do you run their city? Well, one of the things is that we need we need to work together. Obviously, a district plan is a tool of the councils. But, Mike, when we came into government, there was a shortfall of 140,000 houses in this country. It's an absurd thing to say that we just simply didn't have enough houses for our people to live in. And that is because we didn't have planning laws that adequately provided for places for New Zealanders to live. That's pretty basic. So you're not going to crack down on them now? You're not going to get all grumpy with them, or you are going to get grumpy with them? Well, the first thing, Mike, is I'd like to see their analysis. I okay, think that would be the, grow, the growing up Mark, way to progress Mark, um, is, to, well, have, I, I is think to have a look at it. If I, if I look at my own electorate of uh, Whanga Praia, then there's some areas that make sense where you could go to medium density and there's some areas definitely where you wouldn't do it. And um, I think that there just has to be a very flexible approach to it, listening very carefully to communities, wow. getting feedback um, and, you know, and, and some good planning around Real it. quick, Mark, the public holiday backlash, this is the, the Queen's Monday week, uh, are you surprised at the amount of backlash from business in particular and would you still defend the public holiday? No, I'm not surprised at all because, look, let's, let's be real, I've come through a very difficult time and, yes, having a, um, a public holiday to, to mourn our Queen's passing is, is going to hit them. I, I acknowledge that, but... Um, but we've had, we've stated that um, you know that we do think that it's appropriate that as our sovereign that we do have a, a national day of remembrance. And you obviously defended as well, Megan. Absolutely, and actually, I think if you look at the um, if you look at the hospitality sector, they're really welcoming it. So I don't think it is all businesses, um, because the fact of the matter is, with public holidays, we've got um, analysis from Treasury that shows a net economic benefit through to a loss. So I think no one really knows. I mean, the fact is, people go out and they spend on public holidays, and they spend it a lot of the local businesses who have been doing it tough. Um, and I think it is absolutely appropriate um, that, like other Commonwealth countries, that we do mark such a significant. Day. All right, fly well. Have a good time, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Megan Woods and Mark Mitchell back next week with um, with Chris Hipkin.